0: Hello friends. Welcome to the podcast. I hope your day is treating you well. I am spending this quarter writing my book, which means that we are posting a few of my personal favorite episodes from the last year. This episode originally aired earlier this year, but I'm wondering if you got a chance to listen to it. If you're interested in the book, you can be one of the first people to know when it goes live by signing up for our newsletter list at clubineagram.com. For now, thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hi friends, happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. Today we are going to talk about shadow work, but first today's Rosebud and Thorn My rose today is I am just so grateful for heating pads. I am on day five of having stomach cramps, which is insanity, and I'm recording this from the comfort of my couch with a heating pad on my stomach, and that's the way. My thorn is that I broke a coffee scale, or I didn't really break it. It was broken when I woke up this morning. And this is our second one. We've been buying these like $10 scales to pull espresso on. And if you're a coffee nerd like me, you know, it feels like you can't make your coffee if you don't have your scale. And yeah, we broke it. So we're in this dilemma now of like, do we buy a nice one that maybe won't break as easily? Or as my brain goes, it says, do you deserve a nice one if you've already broken two cheap ones? Can you keep a nice one nice, Sarah Jane? Um, So we'll probably get another inexpensive one and see how that goes and make the decision later. My bud is that I fully intend to feel better soon. I don't want to feel this way for long. I think like worst case scenario this situation I'm in will be done in like a week from today. Hopefully way sooner than that. But I don't think it can last for more than a week. So fingers crossed on that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to feeling better. Okay. Now let's get into some shadow work talks. So I wanted to dive into this topic specifically because when we did the August Brave Collective meeting, we talked about shadow work and we did a guided exercise walking through kind of some of our own. The entire month of August in Brave Collective is focused on self Responsibility, kind of owning your part in the world and what you bring to the table. One of the things I said in the meeting is that I believe that the Enneagram is shadow work, or that shadow work is the Enneagram, like they go hand in hand. And so I knew I wanted to bring the conversation here to you. So, first, for those who don't know, what is shadow work? The term, it comes from Carl Jung's term, the shadow self, which Defined by Jung is the unconscious parts of the personality that our conscious ego doesn't want to identify itself with. I'm going to say that again. The unconscious parts of the personality that our conscious ego doesn't want to identify with. Shadow work implies that we are doing work to heal and integrate the parts of ourselves that we'd rather pretend don't exist or aren't there. Bringing awareness to the unconscious so that it no longer drives our life. Essentially, it's the Enneagram. It's opening your eyes to the things that have driven you this whole time. These motivators that were creating the behavior patterns in your life that maybe weren't always serving you. Things that you weren't consciously aware of, but you were still participating in the whole time. For me as a seven, you know, that unconscious behavior pattern of I have to be satisfied. I have to be happy. My life has to feel good. That's just what I thought we were all doing, you know, and it was so deeply unconscious that I didn't realize it was connected to all of these things that I was doing in my life, like giving up too early, quitting things, kind of flicking out on people. Um, Starting really strong, ending really weak at things that I wanted to do, having lots of ideas, but not really seeing them to fruition, being non-committal in relationships, all of this stuff that was in my life, but I didn't realize the source of the issues, right? And the Enneagram's really like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's all the look under the hood and you can like actually solve the problem. So to reveal to us the things that are driving us. That we may not be aware of. Like this is the goal. And there are two major reasons why I think shadow work is important. First, it's driving us whether we look at it or not. Right. It's like driving a car that has a knock and just pretending like it's not happening. Like it's the car's going to break down whether we lift the hood or not. But if we don't lift the hood, it's probably going to be a lot more expensive than if we just kind of go ahead, take a peek, deal with it now. It's it's not fun either way, right? Like either way, there's something that has to be looked at that we'd wish wasn't there but when we take a look, we kind of deal with it early. It's less expensive. It's less stressful than like the car breaking down and being stranded on the side of the road, having to pay for a tow truck. You know what I'm saying? Like emotional tow trucks are like not ideal. <laughs> it's essentially like it's driving us, it's going to be a part of our life, it's going to impact our life, it's going to potentially cause harm for ourselves and others either way. But the sooner we can look at it, integrate it, deal with it, heal it the less it's going to cause harm and the less destruction or the less it can control us in the long run. And honestly, it's scarier when we aren't opening it up. Like when your car is like making that knocking sound, you're like, Oh my gosh, what is this? This is going to be like $3 million for me to fix this. I don't have time for this. And then if you just kind of pretend like it's not happening, You think like, oh, this this is so terrible and I just kind of can ignore it, la, 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 la. But if you actually look underneath the hood, maybe it's like, this is not how cars work, but you know, like maybe it's like a fuse that needs to get replaced and it's like $10. Or I know that's not what would cause a knocking sound, but you know what I'm saying. It's never as bad as you think it is. And I think it's the same thing with our unconscious behavior patterns. Like we're like, oh, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to deal with that. That feels too hard. That feels too scary. I don't want to admit that that's like part of me. But when we actually get into it, we're mostly fine. We just have like a few little things here and there that could be expanded upon or could be personal love in there. It's not so bad when we really look at it. It's much, much worse when we try to ignore it. The second reason that this is important work, in my opinion, is is if we want to have true self-acceptance, I really believe it can only happen when we integrate our shadow. It's kind of like, you know, I know a lot of people have been here because I've been here. I get a lot of comments and DMs, so I know a lot of you are there. It's that moment where you're trying to be confident. You're trying to feel self-assured. But it just feels kind of like you're playing pretend. Like you're saying the affirmations, you're looking in the mirror, and you're like, today is going to be a good day. I am worthy. I am the queen of my domain. <laughs> you know, you're saying these affirmations to yourself, but like you don't even really believe them. And it feels kind of weird and make a believe or kind of like you have this like open gushing wound and you just keep putting like band-aids on it, hoping that you'll feel better. But you actually have to like go in there and look at the wound and clean it out and maybe even sew it up and put some healing ointment on it. You know what I'm saying? Like You might have to go underneath to get into these parts of yourself that you're essentially rejecting. You're saying like, this isn't part of me. This isn't okay. I would never do this or I'm not, this isn't me and this are not the same, even though like it's happening, whether you are willing to look at it or not, it's there. (laughs) When we do that, when we want to pretend like it's not happening, we prevent the true self-acceptance that we deserve, the integrated self-acceptance that isn't based off of what we are doing, but instead is just allowing us to be who we are, right? When we, when self-love, I'm doing like air quotes, when self-love is this thing that we get conditionally when we are good, when we're doing a great job, we're actually not accepting ourselves. Self-love and self-acceptance has to integrate our shadow. It has to integrate the part of ourselves that we wish wasn't there or we feel ashamed of or we're a little bit embarrassed by because that's integrated love. That's what unconditional love is. It's unconditional. And confidence, if we want to build our confidence, it comes from appreciating our whole self, even the parts that aren't necessarily serving us. We have to be okay with that as well as the good. Now, those are the two things that like, I feel really passionate about when it comes to shadow work, but there are some other really great benefits of being willing to look at our shadow. The first is our relationships. When we own what we bring to the table, we are generally just safer people to be in relationship to. Think about the people in your life who you feel really safe with. They're generally the ones who are, own their stuff, who are like, oh, yep, I probably did do that, or that sounds like me, or, oh, oops, sorry. There's something about that that feels so safe because they're not going to project that onto you. They're not writhing at you because they're having an emotional reaction. They're willing to own like, this is really mine. It's not yours. And therefore I'll handle it. And that allows you the safety and the space to handle your own stuff because they're handling their stuff. You don't have to carry your stuff in their stuff together because that's not your job, right? You, you can kind of Navigate self responsibility in this way, and so if you want to be safe for other people to be in a relationship to, you have to be willing to look under the hood and deal with the stuff that's going on under there. The other things, it makes it easier to accept the inevitable imperfections of other people. If you're willing to look at your darkness, other people's darkness is not so scary after all. You're willing to say, "I'm flawed." too. And therefore your flaws are not atrocious to me. We're just humans out here trying our best. The second thing here, actually really quickly, I want to say if we're not willing to look at our stuff and when it comes to this fear of looking at it, fear of dealing with it, we all have an emotional reaction to that. Or we, we kind of have this sense of like, that's not happening or that's not real or like, no, thank you. There is that kind of initial response I see this a lot on, not to call out type (laughs) eights, but I see it a lot on type eight posts. One of the major things with Enneagram 8s is that they need to heal their inner child. They need to get in touch with their inner child. And there's varying levels of response to me saying that. There's the initial response, which is, I don't have any wounds. I don't have to deal with my wounds. My inner child is fine. (laughs) And that to me, I'm saying, okay, you're the very beginning stages of acknowledging that you're even been hurt. And it's not fun. It's not easy. This isn't a, a blissful process, but we have to do it. We have to be willing to say, what if there is a wound there? What if I am so fiercely protective of that little kid that I'm not even willing to look at the harm that's been done? And to kind of back off of eights for a second, I, I'll put that on back onto myself, as sevens, you know, we often think our trauma didn't even impact us. Like, oh, I'm fine. Like, yeah, I went through some stuff, but, like, it didn't really bother me. I'm like, I, I kind of got through it fine. But our defense mechanism is is essentially pretending, like, everything's okay. I'll be okay. Everything's going to be okay. None of this is real. I don't have to feel these feelings. So. When we ignore our negative emotions and kind of, it's still driving us, right? These these wounds, they're still driving our decisions. They're still driving the way that we impact in relationships, whether we think we've been impacted by them or not. So just to be clear, like our first reaction is probably going to be like, no, but just sit with that discomfort for a second. If you're willing to go underneath, wait just a minute go underneath and let yourself ponder the possibility that maybe this is real, you will heal so much yourself, but also your relationships to others will be so much safer. Sorry, tangent. Now let's get into the second thing that is also a benefit. Today's podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN here's my confession to you all. I have a little bit of anxiety. We've talked about it before and Google is my friend and my enemy. I want to look up every single thing that could ever be wrong. You know, medical symptoms, like relational issues. Like I just like Googling to death, but here's the thing. I really like for that to be like private. I'm not really here for everybody having all that information. I don't want my husband being like, oh, you're worried about whether or not you have this particular kind of disease today. <laughs> like That feels like my secret information. I don't really need everybody to know. I know most of you are probably thinking like just use incognito mode, but Let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even me, when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your internet service provider is, ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET. Visit my exclusive link expressvpn.com slash egram, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash egram expressvpn.com slash egram to learn more. Thank you ExpressVPN for supporting the podcast. So the second is a clear perspective. So when you can really access your shadow, you can more so clearly experience the things that have happened to you or will happen to you. You can release that defensive thinking of either I'm superior or I'm inferior and it becomes simply I am. Then we get into increased creativity. Like when you have that depth of connection to self, your creativity and the things that you create are so much more rich because you're more in tune with the depth of life and the complexity of life. It also is just a sign of emotional maturity if you're willing to integrate both the things that you're good at and also the things that you know you're not great at. It's just. One of the major steps to living a more integrated, emotionally mature life, it increases your energy and your groundedness. Here's the thing we don't think about is that ignoring all of these things actually takes significantly more energy and effort than allowing them to be. Let's use that car example again for a second. When we ignore the knock in the car, it's still knocking, right? It's like it's just sitting on our shoulder like, hey, deal with me, deal with me, deal with me. And it takes much, much more energy over the long term to just carry the stress of that thing around with you and try to kind of constantly ignore it, constantly pretend like it's not happening than it does to just go get the car fixed. Even if we are at times where I have been, where you're like, I don't even have the money to get this fixed. It's still less stressful <laughs> to just deal with it. it costs less money. It, it takes less emotional weight over the long term. It's always less stressful to just deal with it right away. And it's the same thing with us. It's like we're using so much energy just trying to pretend like it's not happening when all of that energy could be going toward loving ourselves, healing, producing things that make us happy, pouring out into the world, pouring into our relationships. And finally, back to self-assurance and self-trust. If you want to trust yourself and you want to really believe that you are in integrity, that you can trust your decisions, dealing with your shadow work is going to help so much because a lot of times when what we think we're going to do and what we do aren't aligning up, it's because we're not looking at the part of us that needs to be looked at, right? If we are like, I... I keep burning out. I don't know why I keep burning out. I don't know what's going on. And then you just kind of stay there, right? That isn't, you start to think like, I can't be trusted to not burn out. Versus if you're like, I keep burning out, I keep burning out, what's going on here? I need to look at some stuff. And you really get in there and you figure out like what's the root of this, what's causing this. Then you work on it. And you heal some things and you do some work and maybe you talk to your therapist or you hire a coach or you talk to a friend or you create a journaling practice, whatever you need to do to kind of work through this stuff, you build integrity, you build self-trust. And therefore, the next time you see burnout on the horizon, guess what? You've been here before. You know what's going on. You trust yourself to do this again because you've been there before. You've done it before. Okay? So it it helps us to build self-assurance and self-trust. Now, every time I explain something like this on the podcast or on Instagram, I get questions about like, where do I start? And I thought it would be fun for this episode to read to you a bit from my book. In my book, I do lay this out as a method. I call it the honest method. It's essentially... it's an acronym, honor your strengths, open your eyes to your blind spots, note your support plan, explore your relationships, soften your path, and turn it into something beautiful. It's essentially my tips and tools for how to do integrated shadow work, taking into account our whole selves, our relationships, and even our creative process. Now, if you want specifics for your Enneagram type, they are laid out in the book in detail. So if you have yet to read it, you can buy it online or in bookstores near you, and we'll link to it in the show notes. But this is just kind of a general overall, step-by-step, general guide to why this is important and where to start. Now, I am going to read from my book, so it's going to be... Written like I'm reading it from a book, so just be warned. Do you want to know the thing that has positively impacted my life more than anything else? It's not work ethic or connections or even self care. In fact, I think it may surprise you. The thing that has impacted my life for the better in every single way is my ability to admit to myself and to others that I am sometimes the worst. I don't mean that I shame myself or I live in guilt. I mean that I stare at my worst traits and I hold them lightly. I own that I bring things to the table that aren't always helpful, and I let that impact the way I move through the world. That awareness brings me the clarity I need to know how to grow my business, create healthy relationships, take care of my body and my heart, and create from a place of inspiration. Knowing where I fall short allows me to create a support plan. It allows others to feel comfortable and safe in my presence. It actually helps me to do less harm to the people who enter my path. However, the only reason that this works is because I started with a deep well of self-love. I learned to love myself no matter what. I earned that unconditional acceptance of who I am from the ability to celebrate my strengths and also accept my weaknesses. This process, it has changed everything for me. We are all worthy of full self-acceptance, and it's my belief that full self-acceptance starts with being honest. It's not honest to pretend like we don't have flaws. It's also not honest to pretend like we don't have strengths. True, honest, deep self-love requires our ability to hold both. My dear, you are so worthy of it all. Full, deep, rich self-acceptance for exactly who you are. No excuses and no apologies. Now let's talk in depth about what having an honest relationship to yourself means. So the first step is honor your strengths. This is step one. This is the foundation of everything else that we are doing here. I need you to hold tightly to the fact that you, just like everyone else, are incredible, remarkable, truly. All of the tiny intricate details that make up who you are are beyond awe-inspiring. I want you to get to the point where you can say, I am so proud of myself for blank without apologizing without one seeing without doing that thing we do where we say some of the words really quiet because we think that makes them less present in order to have an honest relationship with yourself you must first support that with not only self acceptance but also self delight think of it this way how would it feel if you were in a relationship and that person had never complimented you and when they did compliment you they were uncomfortable doing so but they started going in on all the things that you needed to work on would you feel safe there Would you take their feedback and make positive changes in your life? I don't think so. I think you would shrivel up into a ball of self-loathing, or hopefully you'd break up with that person as soon as possible. You can't do the work of growth until you first develop a safe place to land. Then we move into open your eyes to your blind spots and your vices. We all know someone who tries to pretend like they don't have anything to look at. You watch them complain about their life over and over again, and it seems so clear to you that if they just changed X, Y, and Z, then they'd be fine. But most people are terrified to look at their darkness. I was speaking to a woman at the end of a conference a few weeks ago, and she said, it's a monster in the closet situation. And she's totally right. We think it's so scary. So we freak out and we hide from it, and we let it take up a ton of brain space while we also, quite frankly ignore it. Yet what happens when we open the closet? We find out that the monster was actually just a broom. Not exactly pretty, but not terrifying either. The more we can look into our darkness, the easier it is for us to deal with it. Remember, this is an ongoing process we're in. We are building a relationship to life that is rich, fulfilling, and kind. Getting honest with your blind spots and the things that you use to cope will allow you to walk through the world doing less harm to yourself and others. we really note a support plan. One of the biggest mistakes I see my clients make is that they try to get the results they want through the tactics of someone else. When they try that and they inevitably fail, instead of questioning if it was the tactic that didn't serve them, they start berating themselves for being failures or they just give up and lose interest. The Enneagram shines a big, bright spotlight on why this tactic doesn't work. We are all different, and we all have unique motivations and fears that drive our daily habits. Get intimate with the motivations of your type so that you can truly know why you want the things you want and develop a plan to achieve them that takes you into consideration. And then explore your contribution to relationships. Did you know that we can truly only impact how we orient in the world? We can hope to impact others, but we can only truly guarantee our impact on ourselves. As we explore our contribution to relationships, it's important that we start with deeply accepting the reality that we can't rush the growth of others. It is so very tempting to try to get the people in our lives to show up how we want them to. I get the question all the time, how do I get my type blank partner to blank? There's nothing wrong with the question, and there are certainly ways to engage with numbers that will help us to feel seen and them to feel seen as well. But we have to be careful of using the Enneagram as a tool to get what we want from the people in our lives without vulnerability and without looking at ourselves first. So first and foremost, our work with the Enneagram is to look at ourselves, to do as much work as we can in owning our own blind spots in worldview. It is shockingly easy to shift our focus from there onto how other people in our lives aren't showing up in the ways we think they should, or even doing the work in the way that we think they should. This can be a distraction from the beautiful work that is available to you. So start exploring what you bring to the table, both positively and negatively in the relationships in your life. The Enneagram does a great job of laying this out for us, and I will share specifics for each number. However, you can likely already start to think of the patterns that you have in your life. Next is soften your path out of behavior patterns. We all have habits that aren't serving us. The Enneagram shines light on those vividly. There are self-help gurus out there teaching the path to growth and change is this in these areas is simply to focus more, just keep going even when it sucks, buy more products, just be better. And I couldn't disagree more. Personal growth isn't about discipline. It's about understanding and making micro shifts to be closer to who you want to be. It's about the relationship. I used to think that my lack of progress meant that I just wasn't trying hard enough or honestly that I was a failure. If I could just discipline myself enough, then I would be worthy of the good things I wanted in my life. It wasn't until I decided to stop forcing myself into someone else's definition of good that I felt the freedom to truly start making shifts in my life. It wasn't until I quit discipline that I was able to make huge steps in my personal and professional life. I learned something that no one else was teaching, a clear-cut approach to personal growth, self-confidence, and creative expression that had nothing to do with shame and guilt. Instead, it's about curiosity and habit shifting, focusing on how you operate, why something isn't working for you, and making micro-adjustments that serve you better. Taking the conversation from just be better and changing it to what do you need to feel supported in this process, and then setting small achievable goals to build a new habit. As mentioned earlier in the book, certain schools of the Enneagram use language to describe struggles of each type that I find shaming and, quite frankly, unhelpful. An example of this is calling type nines lazy. Now, here's how we can use this process with our type nines. So the path of discipline says, I watch more TV than I would like to. That means I'm lazy. I should wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow and work out. If I were driven, that's what I would do. Then the next day, they hit snooze and miss their workout repeating the mantra to themselves, I'm so lazy. Now the path of curiosity says, I watch more TV than I would like to. Why do I watch TV? Well, I'm too tired to do anything else. Why am I so tired? I spent all day thinking about others' needs and trying to make them happy. What would it feel like if tomorrow I did my best to not give all of my energy away to other people? From this place, we are able to actually integrate self-awareness that can change our habits long-term. And finally, turn that into something beautiful and share it with the world. I am of the belief that we are all creative and we are all in need of creating. And that doesn't mean that we are all artists or painters. I mean, we all have creative ways to express ourselves that need to be explored. Maybe for you that's writing or dancing or knitting, it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be public. It just has to be pulling something out of you in new and engaging ways. When we create, we breathe new life into our days. We contribute to the world. We increase our sense of pride in who we are. We can use what we make to show love to people in our lives. And if those reasons don't do it for you, studies have shown that creating can actually reduce stress, anxiety, and temper mood swings. You have something beautiful to share, and we're all better off when you share it. Now, in this work, I hope that you find a dance with life, a way to walk through the world that offers ease and understanding. My hope is that you find out and celebrate that you are truly remarkable, that you are not any more special or flawed than anyone else, and that you are also sometimes your own worst enemy. I hope that when you acknowledge the areas that need some massaging, that you don't beat yourself up over it. I hope that you take the time to understand why you operate the way you do and gently step into new ways of behaving. I hope that you can end the cycle of discipline and shame and move into a new sustainable relationship to compassionate curiosity. I know that there are people who think being in a relationship with yourself is selfish or narcissistic or a waste of time, but I'm telling you, it's the key to everything. Is this the path to making the impact you are trying to create? This is the way to live a life you love without hating yourself or sacrificing your values along the way. This is how you positively impact the lives of others. Don't hold back from a loving, healthy, and honest relationship to who you are. To me, that is much more selfish and does much more harm. Okay, friends, that is all on Shadow Work for today. If you have questions, you can DM me on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case. And if you want more details about how this can look for your type specifically, that's all laid out in the book, The Honest Enneagram. Link to it in the show notes for you as well, but it's also just at thehonestenneagram.com. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.